You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. In the season where we're thinking about, um, we're longing for the end of alienation, we, we started thinking about like the, the sense of disconne- disconnection and isolation that lots of, lots of us feel. And um, so we wanted to have a season to think about, well, what actually brings us together? What are all the many things that bring us together? And I think uh, we're discovering um, that there's a lot. Um, we're actually way more connected to God and to each other and to the earth than we usually imagine. So tonight we're honing in on music as a gift from God that brings people together. And I think music, um, wow, music more than a lot of things has the power to do that. It helps us to connect. You know, music can help us to feel things that we wouldn't um, say or we wouldn't be able to feel otherwise. Um, I think even pop songs are prayers like that. Like they're expressions of longing and desire. Music can invite us beyond our rational, cognitive ways of being that I, I think are, if you're any, but anything like me, can be, can be kind of feared up, as we say, um, or selfed up, as Jimmy says. Um, and music can get us kind of um, into a different zone, or at least invite us there to uh, transcend that place a little bit and um, come into a more spacious place where we can connect with God heart to heart, spirit to spirit. So that's what we're exploring tonight. And music has certainly done that for me um, in my life because I kind of grew up, I grew up in a really structured home, ended up feeling like I couldn't, I wasn't necessarily allowed to feel what I felt. And, um, so I often didn't even know what I felt. And so I think I was drawn to music as a, as a way, as an avenue um, for understanding myself and, and God and, and others. It was a safe way to grieve, to be angry, to be joyful, to be silly. It was an outlet for emotion and desire, which as it turns out is very important, very essential to the human experience. Um, I can remember playing my violin in my bedroom um, when I was angry at my parents for not letting me do something, when I was like grounded for the millionth time, um, and just like letting my tears like flow dramatically all over my violin that wasn't supposed to get wet. I, I you know, I'd just be up in my bedroom feeling all cooped up, and I, I, but I had my violin, and music comforted me because it allowed me to express what I couldn't say in words. And I think it helped me to pray. I think those were some of my first prayers. And I think that's the real gift of it. Like music can help us tune into our desire um, and express it to God. And that's one of the reasons that we have this meeting every week, even though we meet as cells throughout the week. We sing together, we use music to worship because I think it expands our hearts in a different way than serving or sitting around talking to each other can do. We need to express our longing to God and our grief 
and our desire. And I think one of the most powerful things in the world is a bunch of people singing together. That's why I'm so excited about our love feast coming up this Saturday. I love, you, you, you might have felt this at a concert too, that, that experience when like hundreds of people are, are singing together. I think it's even more powerful when people are singing to Jesus like, uh, like they were doing virtually on that video. Because like Rand said, we physically are instruments. And, and letting the air kind of flow through our instruments can, can, can give us that um, experience of God's nearness and glory. Our culture has made a big business out of, out of music, though. Um, it's taken this kind of expansive, transcendent gift um, and reduced it down to reviews on Pitchfork. I don't know if you've ever read this vlog, but um, it's well known and used for its honesty, um, which often is just really a way um, for them to chop up artists and their work and increase the competition of the industry. I don't think they've ever given somebody a 10 on Pitchfork. I've never seen it. Um, but here they are chopping up cute little Ed Sheeran for his new album. They're really making fun of him for getting married, even though his wife like helped him uh, make his last big hit uh, with Justin Bieber. Lots of people like Pitchfork for the good, the, the good music recommendations. They are on there, um, and that's cool. But it's also made a name for itself by being a website that can kind of make or break a musician's career. It's kind of pretentious, verbose, and self-referential, um, which is how the market goes. I would honestly cringe um, if any of my friends were getting reviewed by Pitchfork because their whole thing is kind of objectifying the artist, and, you know, according to the product that they make. Um, and ironically assessing the heck out of music itself, which is why I really liked The Onion making fun of Pitchfork. The Onion did this, Pitchfork gives music a 6.8. Um, I love how they say, music, a mode of creative expression consisting of sound and silence expressed through time was given a 6.8 out of 10 rating in a review on Monday. This popular medium that predates the written word, meaning music, shows promise, but nonetheless leaves the listener wanting more. <laughs> I love the onion. They're, they're showing us, you know, with their great humor that you cannot reduce music um, down to a rating for a dollar. You just can't. Music is so basic to who we are. Um, with the power to in inspire and unite people all over the world. So the economy can, can, you know, make it a product to sell out a venue or to get a Grammy or to get enough radio time to be recognized, but music is so much more than that, and we know this. It causes us to celebrate, to revolt, to pray, to love, and to hope. It brings out our humanity. I think that's why certain songs and artists throughout history have been banned by controlling governments and leaders 
um, because of music can be downright dangerous in its power to unite um, and inspire people. Like Bjork and a, a host of other artists are not allowed to perform in the People's Republic of China because of saying, some of them even just implying something about freeing Tibet. China does not want to free Tibet and they are not dumb about how revolutions start. The music is powerful because it's so connected to who we are as humans, um, our spiritual instincts to be free and integrated in, in mind and heart and soul and body. So Bjork was making me think this week how, how nations really have been born out of songs. If you think about the history of all the national anthems in the world, almost all of them have come out of like uh, a protest song um, or something that was sung, a battle cry, something that was sung in the process of the nation being formed. And then it's used by the government to propagate the sense of nationalism. And it's powerful. Like, I kinda, I liked that Rand had us like holding our heart to Jesus because think, think of everybody who's, who stand, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but we stand up at a baseball game, right? And we hold our, our hand on our heart for the national anthem. For, you know, the sound of the star-spangled banner makes people put their hands on their hearts like that and stand up. And I think that's deeply religious. It's probably another sermon, but American civil religion is nationalism, I think. There's lots of songs written to worship at the altar of the nation, state, and, and not just in country music. But my point is governments use the power of music to unite people and to maintain the status quo because it's powerful. But music can also work, it, it can work a different, its power can work a different way. And I think this is why, this is um, why we sort of reclaim it and get, get, its back, get, get it back to its um, original sense of power and freedom through the spirit. Um, the beauty of music can break down lies because I think it naturally lends itself to freedom. Um, and so the, the sound, that's where the soundtrack took me when I saw the movie Platoon. I'm gonna take us all the way back to the 80s. But um, this movie is about the Vietnam War. I'm sure you've seen it, but there's this scene where um, the leader, Sergeant Elias, gets, gets um, gunned down by the enemy, uh, by the enemy. Um, the squad is being attacked and they try, they, they all escape, but then they realize that their leader is down on the ground and um, you know, you always have to go back for your guy, especially the leader. So they, so they try to swing back and pick him up and they're not able to. And he dies in this very like sacrificial Christ-like posture, except it's like in worship to the state. Um, and I think, you know, 
one could get all caught up in this sense of like nationalism in, in this moment, except for this the strains of Adag Samuel Barber's adagio for strings, like come through at this moment. Um, and for me, it just like it 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 did the opposite. Instead of this. Um, like yes, let's die for our country. It it made me feel like a human. Like why why all this death? You know why? Life is so beautiful and precious. So adagio for strings. I don't think this is what the movie was going for necessarily, but adagio for strings told me that there, this might not be a good enough reason to die. Like Christ Christ is life. So check it out. Mike is good. We're not going to do the whole thing because we've seen, we've all seen enough violence in our lives. I think there's an even better example of a, of a song speaking the truth and, and even changing the world that came right out of Philadelphia. You've probably heard of this guy, Tinley, and this is the Tinley Temple on um, Rod and Fitzwater. But he was, um, he was, his father was a slave, he was, so he was considered a slave. Um, this is at the end of the 1800s. Um, and uh, he came to Philadelphia as a brick layer, and he and his wife started attending the Methodist Episcopal Church on Bainbridge, and um, he became the janitor. And he felt this call to ministry, but he couldn't, uh, wasn't able to get educated, wasn't allowed to get educated, and he started to educate himself. And um, a Jewish synagogue in North Philly helped him learn Hebrew. Anyway, he ended up writing the song, I Shall Overcome, um, no, yeah, I Shall Overcome Someday, that, that turned into We Shall Overcome. But um, he also passed, passed the test to become a minister, and he took this church, that little Methodist Episcopal church, like from 130 people to a multiracial church of 10,000 in his lifetime. And then some 40 years later, this little lady, Lucy Simmons, was singing her own version of his song at a labor protest in South Carolina. And um, she was singing it real slowly and deliberately. And so it became the We Shall Overcome song that we know today. And that was pivotal in the civil rights movement Songs are our prayers, you know, they are like prophecy. They were prophesying the kingdom of God. So many of the Psalms in the Bible are like that. They, they literally were songs that were written down. Um, 
And I think so many of our pop songs today are like that, or at least they're like reaching for that. Um, they are expressing grief and lament and hope for freedom and desire to connect with God and others. They're longing for transformation and love. And so I think even though the whole industry, you know, is so um, capitalized, it's also deeply spiritual in its own way. These are the top, so I want to look with you at the top six songs, top six pop songs right now. See if you can think with me about what the artists are praying what kind of desire are they channeling? Because I think there's a lot of truth to what they're saying. Old Town Road. I think uh, Little Nas is really going after some new freedom here. Um, he's claiming that, he's trying to claim that pioneer spirit that has been like denied to his people. So I think it was pretty it was pretty wild and brilliant to like partner up with some somebody like Billy Ray Cyrus and make this song together. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. I think this is like a typical like teenage revolution um song. She is rebelling against the patriarchy. She um is flipping the gender roles. You know, she's she's saying you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna use me. I'm the bad guy. Um, so she's claiming, she's trying to claim some new power. With goodbyes, I'm not sure what to do with Post Malone. Um, but it's really a, a, the story, the classic story of a breakup. I think there's so much truth in it too that like he just reminds me like the pain of a cutoff. Like, I just don't, we're just, we're not made for cutoffs. Um, and I think that it's, it's really hard and, and hurtful and that he's expressing this hurt. And it, I think that's part of how this whole, like, alienation series got imagined for us because we live in this culture where people move around all the time. We're expected to be able to come in and out of relationships like it's casual, and it's, just, and it's not. It, it, it's hurtful. So he's feeling that. And some of the lyrics are so profound. Like he says, too much pleasure is pain. There's no way I can save you because I need to be saved too. And then the, the next three, Talk and Senorita, are about connection, that longing for connection emotionally, physically and then I don't care like we mentioned before um, I think is about getting getting a taste of that connection and um, enjoying it at a party full of strangers where you where they might normally feel alone they don't now because they they have each other and whoever they're singing about so I think you know as silly they make it real silly, um, and we're going to watch it just for fun, but I think it really taps into that desire to be seen and known that eases our sense of alienation. So let's check it out.
I'm at a party I don't wanna be at And I don't ever wear a suit and tie I'm Wondering if I can sneak out the back Nobody's even looking me in my eyes Can you take my hand, finish my drink, say shall we dance? Hell yeah, you know I love you, did I ever tell you? You make it better like that Don't think I fit in at this party Everyone's got so much to say yeah. I always feel like I'm nobody mm. Who wants to fit in anyway? Cause I don't care when I'm with my baby, yeah All the bad things disappear Are you making me feel that maybe I am somebody? I can deal with the bad nights When I'm with my baby, yeah Cause I don't care as long as you just hold me near You can take me anywhere You're making me feel like I'm loved by somebody I can deal with the bad nights When I'm with my baby, yeah We at a party we don't wanna be at Turn the top but we can't hear ourselves Speechless, I'd rather kiss them right back But all these people all around are crippled with anxiety But I'm told it's where we're supposed to be You know what? It's kinda crazy cause I really don't mind Can you make it better like that? Don't think we fit in at this party Everyone's got so much to say Oh yeah, yeah When we walked in I said I'm sorry mm -hmm. But now I think that we should stay Cause I don't care when I'm with my baby, yeah All the bad things disappear Are you making me feel like maybe I am somebody? I can deal with the bad nights When I'm with my baby, yeah Oh yeah Did you see, see enough? I like that one. Um, though, you know, the, the top six songs will probably be different tomorrow in, in, in our throwaway culture with music. Um, and so I was thinking about how we could kind of hang on to um, the songs that we sing to God through the, through the Bible um, through prayer and through the, the ones that we write and sing together as a circle of hope. Um, because the, the, I think the desire for connection and freedom and being seen and known that is, that is expressed um, really in all music in some way is, is expressed in the Psalms and the Bible and the songs we write together. And so I was pondering... You know, I was wondering, how, I wonder if we need to meditate on, you know, our, our culture just kind of throws this, this good stuff away, but I wonder if we need to meditate on our psalms and songs more. You know, instead of moving, moving on to the next product all the time, um, what would happen if we draw our, our attention to God in praise more through music? Singing, you know, throughout our day. Certainly singing when, when we're together, whenever we can be. I really do believe that that will increase our sense of connectedness to God, who is present. 
and our, and our sense of connectedness to each other. So just in closing, I did a little research on um, the effects of music on the brain to try to convince you to use it more to worship and connect with God. Um, but it like, it literally, you know, science can tell now that it literally contributes to human survival. It, 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 it causes the, those, those synapses of anticipation that create hope. Um, it releases dopamine, which helps us feel rewarded in the same way that food and sex do. That's, um, that's the same chemical in the brain, and it improves our auditory processing. It also produces antibodies, um, which doesn't just uh, help us out physically, but also helps us out with depression and anxiety. Um, it stimulates endorphins, which helps us to manage stress and improve our energy levels and mood. I don't know about you guys, but I need all that. Um, but this little bit of science was just uh, a good reminder to me um, to use music more regularly to center myself in the reality of God's nearness and glory. Relating to God gives us some perspective that we need in the midst of a disconnected world where it's so easy to feel disconnected ourselves. But we need to feel what we feel and direct our longing to God, who is longing to save us again in this very moment. And the truth is that we are not disposable. We are not rateable. We're each uniquely made with the capacity to relate to God heart to heart and spirit to spirit in this moment right now. So let me pray for us that we could, we could do that together. Lord, thank you for the gift of music, um, the way it has changed the world and continues to change the world. I pray... Um, that we could use it more to connect with you and with others, that we could express ourselves more fully, be freed up to do that, um, that we could know that we are somebody and tell the whole world about you. Help us to get into the joy and beauty that is reflected in our lives, each of us. And I thank you for this time together that is not um, a consumable experience um, or performance that can be bought or sold, um, but is a real live opportunity to relate to you as you are reaching out to relate to us. So help us to respond. And I thank you for your love that keeps on reaching beyond all the barriers that we might put up. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.